We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Even in high school, when, when young girls would come up to me and ask for my for my autograph, it was a no-brainer. Uh, because for the first time, you know, they're looking at me as a role model. So I took that to heart. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into another episode of Our Stories, the Kansas City Sports Network podcast on women's sports in Kansas City. This is presented by Holiday Distillery, Distillery, our friends over there, and a really cool guest today. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Tamika Dixon when I grew up. I'm 26 now. Nothing has changed. I still want to be Tamika Dixon when I grow up. <laughs> Tamika's jersey is hanging in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse. She's a three-time WNBA All-Star two-time WNBA champion. Tamika, thank you for joining us. This is so cool. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. Good to be yeah, back in, uh, virtually in Kansas. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's been a while since we last caught up. So tell me where you're at, what you've been up to lately. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm a Jersey girl, so I, I currently reside in Jersey. I came back home um, after my playing days were over. So still here in Jersey, um, you know, living and loving life. And you got the, uh, for our YouTube friends and watching this, you got the Kansas jersey behind you, which I love. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about, you know, I love that you are, you were one of the faces of women's basketball and one of the, the most influential times in the sports history, you know, in the late 90s into the early 2000s. So we'll get there in a second. But first, I just kind of want to start about what got you into the game. Uh, and I know your father was a big part of that. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy uh, that, that got me in. He was my idol. Um, and he was a pretty darn good basketball player in his own right. Um, and uh, when I was younger, when I was growing up, my, my parents had me young. They had me at the age of 17. So I got a chance to kind of witness my father's uh, college playing, collegiate playing years. Um, and he, you know, he had a very good collegiate uh, playing career. He, uh, 
his senior year in college, he was the uh, all-time leading scorer at American University. And he was a, uh, a projected lottery pick. So he was supposed to be picked pretty pretty high in the NBA draft that, that year. And 10 games into his senior season, he tore his ACL. So it kind of diverted his NBA plans. Mm. Um, but he still, you know, he still, he climbed back and was able to uh, make an NBA roster. He played for the Cavaliers for two years and uh, had a pretty good uh, overseas career. But he was definitely the guy that that got me started in basketball and got me excited about playing a game. Yeah. So obviously you were extremely talented when you were growing up, but there was no WNBA to look up to. There was no goal of playing in the WNBA because that league didn't exist. Right. 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 Absolutely. Um, but my dad, that was another you know thing that he used to tell me. Um, he would come back from his uh, playing days, playing overseas, and he would let me know that there were professional leagues that went that women were currently flourishing in over there. So I knew young that there was an opportunity for me if I wanted to continue playing. I just didn't know where, um, whether it would you know be overseas or you know whether someday it would be an opportunity to have. Um, a place here in the United States to continue playing. Uh, but my dream growing up was to be the first girl to play in the NBA. So that was my dream. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that is just so cool. Um, yeah. So what brought you to, you said you're a Jersey girl. What brought you over to uh, to Lawrence, Kansas? Marion, Washington. Yep. <laughs> Solely yeah, say no more. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, I think the coaching staff in general at that time um, you know, played a huge part in, in getting me to Kansas. Um, I can remember um, just when I first had an opportunity to meet um, Renee Brown, who was instrumental. She was a, an assistant coach under Marion, um, and she was instrumental in recruiting me. Um, but I remember them coming out and doing a home visit here, and it was like a home visit at a family reunion. I had like 30 family members here. Um, and they fit right in <laughs> to the family. So, you know, they were here eating dinner, washing dishes, whatever it took. And um, yeah. we washing just built dishes. Yeah, <laughs> everything, cleaning the house. Yeah. It was, it, they fit right in the family. So from that moment on, I don't, I think my family chose them first. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then the, and then obviously the, the selling point was when I went, you know, and got on the campus at, in Lawrence and um, I, I fell in love and then a team and, and every, I just felt so at home. So I knew that was where I needed to be. Yeah. Gosh, talk about an intimidating recruiting situation going yeah. into a top prospect's house and no <laughs> pressure. Usually you have to deal with the parents, but um, Absolutely. you remember you're uh, so walking into Allen Fieldhouse years later, your Jersey, as we said, would be in the rafters. Do you remember walking in your first time, kind of what your, what your goal was? Obviously that facility is, uh, you know, pretty special. Yeah, I, I didn't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, when I came in as a freshman, we were um, the four of us that came in, Angie Hallblad, Jennifer Trapp, Shelly Canada, and myself, we were a top um, ranked recruiting class. So, you know, immediately there was some, a little bit of pressure on our shoulders to kind of take the reins and, and roll with it. Um, but I, I felt like, it was Kansas was right there at, on the cusp of being one of the programs that, um, you know, when you talk about when you speak about women's basketball, you would have to speak about us. And um, we wanted to 
take the reins and move the move the needle forward, move the conversation forward. And I think in the four years that we were there and that we played there, we did that. Um, we've uh, we we you know we we try to do our best in keeping the program um, at that elite level. Yeah, yeah, and you guys had your class had quite a bit of success. Uh, yeah, those couple of years. Yeah, what's the? Yeah. Can you think of a highlight? Your favorite, you know, memory or favorite win when you're there? Um, well, we had some really. There was some really key key games. Um, they used to have an initiative called Field the Field, Field the Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. um, and it was always against a top ranked team. Um, and and back then, you know, you had some pretty good uh, programs in our conference. Um, Colorado being one of them, and they were always ranked in the top 10. So when they would come in, they would kind of build that initiative around like a Colorado or some some high-level team. Um, and I just remember us, you know, having an opportunity to play in, fr- in front of a field, field house in that moment um, against a top 10 team like a Colorado. Those were some really, really key moments. I thought those were some, you know, some really huge games for us. Um, we had some, I think the, the Connecticut games. Yeah. Um, that was at Kemper, right? One of them. At Kemper. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the boys played the, the Connecticut boys and we played the, the Connecticut women. Um, yeah. that, that, that was, those were great games. And then obviously when we got into the NCAA tournament and being able to advance to the sweet 16, um, being, being the furthest we've ever been to that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some 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 really good games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and all this time, you know, the the Olympic team in '96 obviously was a springboard for women's basketball, and you're kind of getting the inklings at this time that the WNBA is on the rise. Uh, and someone right. on your coaching staff was a pretty big part of that. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So yeah. Um, and that was kind of how I kind of got a. I had the cheat code into what was <laughs> what was coming next. Um, Renee yeah. Brown, who was an assistant coach, and as I mentioned earlier, she was instrumental in, in getting me to Kansas. Um, she had taken, I think it was my junior year, she had taken the uh, director of player personnel position at the WNBA. Um, so I knew the WNBA was coming. Um, and then obviously you have the, you know, the follow-up with the uh, 96 uh, Olympic team and Coach Washington was an assistant. Um, under Tara Vanderveer. So it was a lot of things happening um, in the scope of women's basketball and as well as, you know, in Lawrence with us, because it was a lot of moving parts that that like directly correlated with our program. So it was a cool, uh, cool era to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to jump uh, to your next chapter, which is the WNBA draft after that. But I wanted to touch a little bit more on playing for Coach Washington. You know, I mentioned sure. it, you mentioned in 96, she was actually the first black woman to be an assistant coach on the Olympic women's basketball staff. Um, yeah. Obviously just an absolute trailblazer. What were those four years like playing under her? Um, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to put it into words. Um, I think I, I grew the most that I could ever grow under her, mm-hmm. um, under her tutelage. I owe a tremendous amount of who I am as a person and a player to her. Um, she has, uh, she's been instrumental in everything that I've done. And, you know, um, and I, I think I could speak for, for all of her players, you know, who have been able to have been fortunate to be able to play under her. Um, she was a mother figure, um, but she was a, a powerful figure for me as a black woman to be able to see someone and play under someone of her stature. Um, 
and see how much respect she commanded um, around the sport. Um, so, you know, I owe a tremendous debt to her. And uh, every day that I speak about basketball and speak about who I am, it's a direct reflection of her. Yeah. Absolutely. So you finished playing at KU. Uh, you know the WNBA is coming. When did you get word, hey, this thing's actually happening, and, you know, you decided you wanted to be part of it? Yeah, so a lot of um, – there's a the, – the caveat in that was um, at that – it was a it was a really unique time in women's basketball because we had an opportunity um, – I did as a senior um, – to uh, pick pick what uh, what professional league I wanted to play in. And a lot of people don't know about the ABL, which was the American Basketball League, which was another uh, professional women's league that was in existence and had been in existence two years prior. Um, so as a senior, I had an opportunity to choose which league I wanted to play in, which for me was exciting because, you know, uh, coming into – you know, uh, my freshman year in Kansas, there were no opportunities. So now um, as a senior, there are two opportunities and the ABL um, was paying more out the gate. Mm -hmm. um, so that was an intriguing <laughs> situation, sure. yeah. to, to, you know, to, to look at. Um, but yeah. I, I really thought that the NBA, um, David Stern was really adamant about um, supporting the WNBA and, and, and helping it to succeed. And I thought having the backing of the NBA and having the backing of him, who thought so much of women's basketball and what it could be, um, saw what it could be, um, and was uh, committed to it, I thought that that was even even if I wasn't going to get paid as much out the gate, um, I thought that I would have an opportunity to thrive in that situation. So I did choose the WNBA. Obviously, Renee Brown was there and. Yeah. You know some other things, but I, I I really thought it was a it was built on the right foundation, and it was you know it was it was a league that you know with the right backing, which I thought we had, it it could survive and it could last. And here we are, twenty seven years later, You're talking right. about so. Yeah, so I, I guess I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, easier hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess yeah, absolutely. But, um, so yeah, looking back now, obviously that is just an incredible time in women's basketball history. Um, and you played in a really cool time where these opportunities were just developing. Did you right. know at the time that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm part of something pretty special or were you just kind of looking at your next move? Um, I thought I was part of something really special, yeah. um, but I didn't know how special, you know, it was like, you know, this is kind of like the next step, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I think I think what made it unique and what made it special is the women that were a part of it really, really took the responsibility to heart um, that we we were going to show, you know, the world that uh, we deserved a platform um, and, you know, we deserve to be here. And I think every woman that put on a WNBA jersey kind of felt that early on. Um, yeah. And it it was a it was a cool experience to be a part of. You know, the, the the women coming in now have no idea what that felt like because when they grew, you know, with when they were growing up in the times that they, you know, were looking up at women's basketball, they saw it on TV. But we were, you know, we we didn't see that. So to have an opportunity to to really create that foundation was special. Yeah, you became that role model, that yeah. image that you didn't have, you know, in terms of women playing at that level. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And how special was that to you? Because I know you mentioned before you took time to sign every autograph, you know, take every picture with fans and stuff. How much did you embrace that, you know, that um, off the court importance of, of what you guys were doing? Oh, I embraced it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it started for me at Kansas, you know, even before, um, even in high school, when, when young girls would come up to me and ask for my, for my autograph, it was a no brainer. Uh, because for the first time, you know, they're looking at me as a role model. So I took that to heart, you know, and uh, even more so in the WNBA. Um, and you heard early on a lot, you know, you, you, uh, the young girls felt like, and even the parents that brought their kids to the game would be like, you know, there's, you know, there's so much access to you guys that, you know, we can't get it. We can't get close to an NBA player, but, you know, with us, we made that, you know, evident and made that known that we wanted to kind of feel the people. Yeah. Um, and I think that was what made our league special. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm sure that helped get the league off the ground, uh, mm -hmm. just getting fan support and stuff like that. Um, Absolutely. Let's hop back a step to the WNBA draft because you were part of the first ever WNBA yeah. draft and, and it was in your home state, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh. How cool was that? <laughs> it was cool. Um, yeah. it, it was cool and then stressful. It, <laughs> sure. was, it, it was cool to have it in my home state and, um, you know, all my family and friends were able to, uh, to be a part, but it was also stressful because I only had a certain amount of people that I could get into that venue. So, yeah, picking and choosing who can come in and who, who had to sit on the sidelines was tough. Sure. Um, but it was great to have it here. It was in Secaucus at NBA Studios and, um, you know, my family and friends got a chance to be a part and witness it. And, um, it was, it was special, definitely special. Yeah. Do you remember? And, and also to get that invite, you know, because yeah. it was only a select few, um, that were, uh, that were invited 
to the actual draft and I was one. So it was special for sure. So you got to walk up on the stage and do the whole, what, what was it like hearing your name called? Do you remember? I'm sure you remember. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> you it didn't was black just, out because of how exciting that was. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah. You know, to, to be, because you don't know, you know, yeah. you know, you don't know when your number is going to be called and, you know, I was just sitting in there and I was like, hopefully I'm not the last person in the green room. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> right. Just hanging out and, and your number never gets called. But that yeah. wasn't the case. Uh, and it happened pretty quickly. And so, yeah, it was it was cool. It was, it was definitely cool to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. So was it 14th overall, right? It was 14th overall. Um, and, you know, the, the one unique thing about our draft, the first ever draft was, um, it wasn't a draft filled with uh, just college seniors. Um, it was people who had played overseas um, that that were coming back and wanted to be a part of the league. So it was it, it was veterans who had been playing for years mixed in with college seniors who had an opportunity to to be a part of the draft. So I was 14th overall, but I was the third overall college player pick. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Um, and to the Sparks, I don't know if we said that. Yeah. LA Sparks. Yep. <laughs> um, and so you end up being a three-time WNBA All-Star, two-time WNBA champion. This all happens from 2001, 2003. Yeah. I mean, 01 and 02 is when you won the titles. Right. And you're in Los Angeles. What is, Crazy. I mean, what are those years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was a, it was a roller coaster of a ride in LA. Sure. We, my first five years in the league, we went through five coaches, um, a lot of different moving parts and a lot of changes in the front office and just kind of getting our footing (laughs) in the league. Um, Houston came out the gate and won the first four. Um, And so we, you know, we were a franchise just kind of trying to figure it out the first couple of years. And then I think year five is when we finally got some stability. Michael Cooper came in. He was an assistant coach in year four. Uh, but in year five, he took over. Uh, we had him for a full training camp. We knew what what it was going to be, and um, we knew what the team was going to be, and we were able to focus on that, and uh, and that was kind of our turning point. Um, so from, from that stability of having him as the head coach, uh, implementing his game plan and his, you know, the way he does things, and uh, that was that was the turning point for us. Um, so once we got that in place, we won the next two. Uh, we should have won the next three, <laughs> but uh, it it was up it was up up and away from there. And uh, we had some some really really good years in LA. Yeah, what were the uh, pieces on that roster in the first year that you know came together? Uh, Lisa Leslie, <clears throat> yep. um, myself, uh, Delisha Milton Jones, now Jones. Uh, she was Delisha Milton back then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the, for the first uh, championship, you had Yukari Figs out of Purdue, um, Mawadi Mabika, um, Latasha Byers. We had some, we had some heavy hitters. Like in each of our championship years, we had at least three All Stars in each uh, in each All Star game. Three to four All Stars. Um, so we had, you know, we had some heavy hitters. Um, second year, we brought in Nikki Teasley. Um, she won the second championship with us. So we had some some really, really good players and just just solid. <laughs> just hoopers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh what was what was buy-in like for the program in terms of, you know, fan support and and uh I imagine that was a pretty fun era to be a part of. 
It, it really was because yeah. if, if you think back to that era, um, that was the, the era that the, the Lakers were winning their championships as well. Yeah. So those two those two championships were the same years that the Lakers won theirs back to back. So the city was on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, it it was it was phenomenal. We had the support of the the Lakers. They come to the games. Kobe, Shaq, the guys that come to the games, they supported us. Uh, we supported them, um, and we partied together. That whole, <laughs> so it was. Are there uh, any stories you can share on a on the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> we'll keep the other ones for afterward. Then <laughs> I I don't know if I can share those stories on the podcast, <laughs> awesome. but it was some epic moments. I could say that. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so how long were you with uh with LA? Uh, nine years. I was with nine my, uh, L.A. nine years, um, and then I, I became a free agent and decided to test the free agent market. Mm-hmm. So um, I uh, signed with Houston, Houston yeah. Thomas, who was our rival, signed oh, with them for great, three yeah. years. <laughs> and then my last year I, I spent in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. remained, did you have, stay pretty healthy over the course of your career? Thank God. I had, towards yeah. the end, I had some, a little, some nagging injuries, some knee soreness. Um, yeah. You know, as, as you get older, things just start happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but for the most part, um, no major injuries, which uh, which was definitely a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, you know, come, jumping back to the early 2000s, you guys are like this figurehead, this cool, like everyone wants to be the sparks in the early 2000s. Did you guys, yeah. you know, feel that? We did. Yeah, uh, we did. Um, I love that. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, <laughs> the target was on our back. You know, yeah. I, I felt like everybody wanted to play in L.A. Who doesn't want to play in L.A. and be in yeah. L.A. in the summer? Yeah. Um, just amazing, amazing opportunities. So, yeah, we were, I think we were the team that everybody kind of wanted to be. Um, just the way we kind of, the the, uh, the way we played, the style of play that we had. And then the fact that we were in L.A., uh, we had an opportunity, you know, every Every game that you go to, you you're gonna bump into somebody, some star. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a ton of ton of stars come out and watch our, you know, on on the floor and watching our games. And I think you know a lot of teams envied that, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of players wanted to be a part of that. So yeah, we were we were definitely that team in the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, it just made it cool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, and your style of play, I've watched some highlights, and it seems like you guys just had this cool swagger. Like you knew you were the team yeah yeah we we developed that um yeah definitely in, in practice we we beat each other up and you know we really really competed to the highest level in practice so mm-hmm. when we got to the games the games were easy the games were you know we were just playing um you know not stressing about anything just playing because we we've done all the hard work in practice and and yeah. that's kind of the way uh that coop developed uh developed it for us so, you know, it was exciting. It was it was fun to play, fun to be a part of. Yeah. So 2010, you announced your retirement. Yeah. What uh what what came into that decision? Just kind of the right time? Yeah, you you know, you know. Um for me it was uh when it became hard for me to prepare, mm-hmm. um, to get up and work out and to get up and prepare to be a better player, that's when I knew it was time for me to like, you know to, to give it up. Um, so when it became a job, um, to, to prepare, um, so yeah, 2010, I kind of started feeling that, you know, 
it was a it was a it was kind of like a drag on drain you know to get yeah. up and, and train and don't want to go overseas and don't want to do anything and you know just yeah. started thinking about like life after basketball when those those thoughts started creeping in i'm like okay yeah. okay yeah yeah <laughs> just time. knowing when it's time to yeah close that chapter. yeah um yeah. Want to touch on some, oh sorry go I, ahead. Didn't, I didn't want to be that athlete that hung on too long you know that sure. player that don't doesn't know when when it's time to end we can think when, of some of those people absolutely things, but absolutely. yeah yeah um so you mentioned overseas so were you doing the thing that a lot of players do where you play overseas in the WNBA yeah. offseason then you come back yeah, for me, um, yeah. So it was it, for me. It was easier to to maintain a high level of play, yeah. playing in some of the higher level leagues overseas. So I did. I spent six years in Italy in between WNBA seasons. I spent a year in Russia. Actually, the team that Brittany Griner's pl- played on, oh, wow. pl- played on. Um, we were the yeah. first American group to go over there actually and, mm. and start that with Yekaterinburg, which is the team she played for. Yeah. Um, and, and then I played my first year out, I played a, a year in Turkey. So okay. yeah, played eight years over there. Yeah. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. that experience like? Which one? Just overseas let's go, in let's general? Let's start with Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Italy was beautiful, which is why I went over there six different times. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other ones I noticed were only one year. Um, yeah. did, did your teammates speak your language and stuff or was it a lot of WNBA players? There was a lot of WNBA players on other teams. Um, sure. The way it usually works out is each team, if you can afford it, each team has two Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, most most of the teams had two Americans and, you know, most of the teams were kind of close by. So, you know, it was a, a opportunity for a lot of the Americans to get together maybe on the, on the weekends and things like that when we're not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's generally the way it goes. But as far as the girls speaking English, you usually have a few teammates um, yeah. that do- that does speak English um, and kind of could help navigate everything else. But I I played in Italy long enough where I can understand the language, oh, and I spoken okay. I spoke enough to get by. Yeah, you know. But in can hindsight, you still speak Italian? A little bit. In okay. hindsight, I wish that I had taken taken it seriously. Um, because, you know, the teams that I played on, they offered lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, the girls can speak it. I don't no, mean, you know. <laughs> but in hindsight, I just wish I would have taken it more seriously and really, really learned the language. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious because I had a teammate, uh, one of my college teammates playing the Czech Republic, and she oh, was yeah. the only English speaker, including her coaching staff. Wow. So she said you just looked at the whiteboard and if yeah. you couldn't figure it out too bad um, a, a, a true love and basketball moment yeah yeah just slowly <laughs> relying on like what the x's and no they're saying i cannot imagine right um, and getting yelled at and being like i i don't know what you're trying to tell me <laughs> um yeah. so russia it's and turkey i'm oh, sorry that's interesting because yeah. most you know if you don't have any uh english speaking uh, teammates or the coaches don't speak English. English. Most of the teams would like provide a translator for you. Sure. Uh, you know, depending on the level. Um, That's got to be the hardest job in the world to look at a screaming coach and then like yeah. deliver it. That message. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a Chinese player. We had um, Haishaw Zhang, my my rookie oh, okay. year in, in LA. She was like um, China China's best basket best basketball player ever um her and Yao Ming are considered the two best 
Yeah. Um, and uh, 6'11", big Chinese girl. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But she had she had a translator when she came over. And uh-huh. it's funny, you know, coaches be all animated in the huddle. And then she'd be looking at her translator like, what did he say? Uh, And he'd deliver the message so calm. I'm like, he didn't say that. That's not, (laughs) nope. Yeah, he's skipping over a few parts. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So Italy was your first six years overseas, and then you did Turkey and Russia? So I did Turkey first. Turkey first, Then I did three three years in the northern part of Italy. Okay. Then I did Russia. Then I did three years in the southern part of Italy. Okay. Very cool. So yeah. 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 What an experience for basketball to take you. I mean, all over the world. Man, I I tell kids all the time. I'm like, I I took bouncing the ball seriously. Like, and the the game has been so good to me. It's taken me places I never thought I'd ever be able to go. And it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, going from that that young girl that wants to be the first NBA player because there is no WNBA to right to what you were able to accomplish in the league. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, you mentioned taking the game seriously. I'm sure the young girls watching this, listening to this, still want to be Tamika Dixon like me. What's your yeah. goal if you know they want to follow your footsteps? I would say just put your head down and work. Um, yeah, you know that 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 is people. You know, when I talk to kids, they always ask me what it takes. And I tell them, you know, there's really no cheat code to it. You got to put the time, you got to put the time in, you got to put the work in. Um, but there's so many distractions for young girls coming up now, social media and all of those things. And I just say, you know, don't focus on any of that. If you really, really have a passion to do what you want to do, if the game of basketball is what you want to do, put your head down and just go to work. Like put the time in, put the work in, and you never know where the game is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, wanted to touch on the WNBA, WNBA a little bit, too, because obviously the league's been in the headlines a lot lately. Um, it's cool to celebrate how far we've come, but also still a long way to go. Where would you like to see sure. progress made, you know, in the women's game? I think um, I think it's going in the right direction. Um, yeah. I, you know, when you look at it, when you when you think about the NBA year 20, year 25, you're, you're still chart. You're still. uh flying commercial year 25 in the NBA. Um, you know, still, you, you may may have one or two players at that million dollars, but not a lot of players at, at that million dollar mark year 25. Um, so you look in, you know, when you look at it parallel, I think we're in a good position. Um, I think, you know, the the progress that women have made overall in sports has definitely helped move the needle a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, I think we're at a time now where we can kind of push the needle a little more. I think um, women's sports, I think people now see that women's sports can command and demand so much more and um, and can generate dollars. You yeah. know, if you put the right if you put the right uh, tools and incentives behind them. Um, so I, I think we're at a good place. Um, I think you really have ownership now in the WNBA that's that uh, sees the value in the product. Um, you, they're talking about expansion. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think it's really in a good place and it's really going in the right direction. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I'd like to, I I'd definitely like to have this conversation 10 years from now and, and see, yeah. you know, how far the WNBA has come in 10 years, but I think it's definitely going in the right direction. 
Yeah. Yeah. And how satisfying is it for you to watch knowing, you know, your core group got this thing off the ground and, you know, push the needle and then yeah. you're able to hand the baton to this next group and seeing what they've done with it so far. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just thankful that I was a part, you know, a small yeah. part in, in that journey. Um, and, uh, like you said, it has, it has a long way to go, but I definitely think I like where it's going. Um, and I like the, uh, the young group of girls that are in there now and, and hopefully they can take that baton and, and move the needle a little further. Yeah. And, uh, I guess, what does it mean to you to know there's a young Tamika Dixon sitting out somewhere that can watch women playing in the WNBA now, uh, knowing you didn't have that, but knowing you were part of what what allowed other women, other young girls to have that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a, it, it really is. Um, like you said, um, I did a lot of research <clears throat> when I was younger um, because there wasn't, there wasn't an opportunity for me to watch a lot of games. Um, so a lot of my role models were men um, because that's all I seen, you know, when I turned my TV on. But now, you know, young girls could turn their TV on and, and catch a WNBA game almost any night of the week. Um, just amazing um, when you, you when you when you're able to look at that, and you can look at yourself. You know, you, uh, uh, representation of what you would look like on screen, and um, you know, it just opens up so many more opportunities and so many more dreams and goals for the next group of women that are or next group of girls that are coming up. Um, and so I'm excited that I was a, a small part of that journey. Yeah, I would say a big part. <laughs> you mentioned seeing you on the screen. You know, it's like there's such power in seeing someone who looks like you doing what you want to do and just being able right. to, uh, yeah, just having that path laid out that you can follow and know that if you put in the work like you did, that's a possibility for you. Yeah, yeah. Representation definitely Representation, matters. Yeah. It yeah, matters. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the sto the podcast is called Our Stories. So okay. a question I'm asking at the very end is, if the people listening, the people watching could take away one thing away from your story, what do you want that to be? Oh, good no, question. No pressure, yeah, it's a, it's a small question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good question. Um, what do I want them to take away? I was just a little girl with a dream um, that was able to see it live out and, uh, you know, I just want I want young girls that are coming up now to just dream um, because you just never know what what that that little dream where that dream can take you. Um, and I'm just uh, I'm just a living example of that. A little girl that dreamed and and it all came true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've told you this before. I got to watch Tamika Dixon growing up as a young basketball player in Kansas City. And uh, yeah, I mean, what you've done for for the women to follow you is, is just incredible. So thank you for everything you've done. Uh, and thanks for taking the time to talk today. You're such a pleasure to talk to. Thank you and, for uh, having me. Yeah, Anytime. let me know next time you're in Kansas City. We'll grab coffee or something. November, I'll be back. Oh, uh, they're, okay. they're, yeah, they're supposed to be uh, honoring Coach Washington at the University yeah. of Kansas. And it's gonna be a huge event. So it's gonna be a, a ton of us coming back to that. Um, and that's supposed to be in November, God willing. So. I should yeah. be back. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, Kansas is lucky for it. Tamika, thank you so much. Sure thank you. It. Thank you so Alrighty. much for having me.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.